When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Richie. Maybe on Walker. Pugh. Pugh! That'll do it! That will do it! Pugh for Bournemouth! The roof of the gold sands is raised! Everyone here knows what that could mean to this football club. Hello and welcome to episode 173 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Hope you're doing well. My name's Sam Davis. On this show, it's all about reviewing the game at West Ham United at the London Stadium on Monday. Oh, hang on a sec. I've just got a word in my earpiece. One sec. Right, we're just going to have to pause the show for a minute. They're doing a VAR check. In the meantime, I think it's my duty to tell you that this show is brought to you by the Green King season ticket app. Look, there are plenty of Green King pubs up and down the country and they're regarded as the home of pub sport. And they're all an ideal place to have a drink and some food before the game. Many of you might have even been watching the Hammers game on Monday Night Football. And you'll be kicking yourself if you didn't have the season ticket sports app. Because the benefits include 10% off a range of drinks one hour before, during and after the game. Plus, you've got your booking functionality to secure your table before you arrive. And there are games on the app with instant prizes. Plus, something extra special just for you back of the listeners. If you sign up using the promotional code BOTN, you can unlock some extra beautiful offers and discounts throughout the season. Plus, we'll also give you a free pint or a free drink the first time you download and use it. How's about that? How is it free? Just head to your app store and search season ticket to download. If you can't make it to the game, visit a Green King Sports pub. They're your home of pub sport. It's where the fans go. And I've just heard that the VAR check has come back with... Oh, it's not good. So it was a difficult one. 
it really was a difficult one. If you watch the vlog, Bournemouth felt the brunt of another farcical display of Premier League officiating. As West Ham United, they ran away 2-0 winners at a soulless London stadium, leapfrogging the cherries in the table, thus condemning Boscombe to yet another disappointing defeat. The Hammers, in all fairness, they probably shaded the win, but the overarching feeling amongst many a football fan is that refereeing in the top flight has gone from the envy of the globe to an international laughing stock, with more baffling decisions which took centre stage in what was an otherwise turgid football match. It's fair to say that the decision sent Twitter into Monday night meltdown. And that, look, that wasn't just the Bournemouth fans, that was the media in general. The distant decision makers seemingly are getting it wrong. Myself, Tom and Tiggs, we chewed the fat over this one. Yes, it was probably a deserved loss, but the manner of the defeat wasn't good at all. Here's the lowdown. So, West Ham then, London Stadium, Monday night, another match where Sky Sports have got the consideration of fans in their hearts, just like they've done with some of the rearranged games, mate. Uh, what's this about Manchester United being moved to the 3rd of January, Tuesday night, away at Old Trafford, 8pm kickoff? Yep. What? Uh, yeah, just thinking about the fans as always. Uh, we haven't got a game on Boxing Day now either. Not even 7.30. No, no. The Boxing Day game against Chelsea has now been moved to is it half five on the 27th. Um, so the amount of people I know um, that have you know, obviously planned for you know, that Christmas period and work and, and have mm. planned to have that Boxing Day off for the game and then work on the 27th and now they're, they're stuffed. So yeah, again, not surprised. But um, their thought would have been we need to get Manu and Chelsea on the telly. It wouldn't have been Bournemouth. So, yeah, that was disappointed. I can't say I was too disappointed with this one being moved, though, because it did get moved to my birthday. Yeah. So that wasn't too bad for me. It did. And uh, over 2,000 Cherries fans travelled up in the hope of seeing uh, a much improved performance after that game against Saints, Tiggs, which was a really difficult watch at times, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was really. Uh, you know, it, not really um, not really able to kind of imprint ourselves on the game in, in that one. And... I think we all thought that maybe we might see something a little bit different at West Ham. Um, but yeah, it's a tricky run for O'Neill, really. When you even even from the Fulham game, you know, to let the lead slip twice, and then the Southampton game not really getting going, and then this game here, which I'm sure we'll go into more detail on. Yeah. So we were in the hole in the wall at seven o'clock. Mm. Teams come out, Tom, mm. and uh, unchanged. It was, yeah, a little bit surprising. Mm. Um, I felt that. The fact that it was a, that Monday night game as well, I thought, oh, he might mix it up because obviously we've got another game coming up on the weekend. And also the fact, like Tiggs mentioned, we weren't very good against Southampton. So I did think there were a few players in there, I think Fredericks in particular, that looked kind of dead on their feet against Southampton. So I thought we might mix it up a little bit. We didn't. And you still never know what the, exactly what the system's going to be because we know he's been utilising Smith on the left side, but we know that can all mix around. So you're never totally sure what he's going to do, but it was completely unchanged. Apart from the subs bench where Ben Pearson was, was back on, wasn't he? The Away Day review is going to be coming out very soon on this channel. And I've not been to the London Stadium before, full disclosure. However, I found it really difficult, not least how far away we were from the pitch, but it just didn't feel like a foot ground is that am i being harsh no no, no. i mean there's there's been comments and we'll probably talk about it in the away day review when you, when you, you guys do it and i think who was it footballer danny murphy oh don't like his perception of the game was that it was it was absolutely rocking in there 
Really? And, I, and I've, I've seen many West Ham fans say, no, it wasn't. Um, but I mean, I've been there. Uh, I've been there for football. I've been, I've been there and it's been absolutely rocking. I've been there and it's been the best atmosphere I've ever had. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, it was a Foo Fighters concert. Oh. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. It oh. was amazing, yeah. Yeah, no, I certainly wouldn't have described that atmosphere as rocking. It was, uh, yeah, from both sides, I felt, again, this is all going to be covered in the away day review, but I felt that even from our end, we found it difficult to, to get it going as well. Yeah. But yeah, and it was, as we're going to go on to the game, it was a dull affair all round, wasn't it, mate? Mm, it was a dull affair all round. And the immediate impression was that, yeah, we did set up with a back four, yes. um, with Smith on the left and Fredericks on the right. And the game was you know, fairly bitty to start off with. But I think we probably had one of the better chances, really, to start off the game. It was on nine minutes. I think Frederick ran forward, which was nice to see him... Nice to see him attacking down that right flank. And he just, like, dinked up a cross. It was partially clear, but Billing nearly put Solanke in. Solanke was working so hard mm. during that game. He, he nearly turned and shot. Then West Ham, I think, had a bit of a spell where Flynn Downs eventually put a shot over, over the bar. There was a bit of pinball going on. But other than that... I don't think there was any team that were really no. dominating the game. It wasn't a Monday night spectacular on Sky Sports, was it? It wasn't. As you say, we, we probably had, we had a few little half chances and uh, they were huffing and puffing as well. But they probably were in control, I would say, without actually doing anything themselves. And at the time, I remember thinking, this isn't great from us. But if we get in at nil-nil playing like that, we'll be well happy. Cause, and, and they're not hurting us. And we've said that a lot, particularly under O'Neill's reign, haven't we? That... Sometimes, yeah, we haven't been great to watch, but we are nullifying the opposition. I felt we were doing that. Um, I know Neto pulled off a few saves, but they were, you know, the amount of control they were having on the game, they weren't causing us loads of problems or getting in behind. And Suchek had a shot. Yeah, it was boring, but it was kind of, I was okay because I felt like, right, we, we don't look like conceding either. Yeah. Um, but there was still a lot of hope in the game, wasn't there? Exactly, for, for a yeah. long period of time, we thought at any point... We could get back into yeah. this. The game could turn. Something could happen. We've been there before. We've been there in games before where it's been a little bit pedestrian, a little bit not nothing going on. Then all of a sudden, yeah. something sparks yeah. into life, and it felt like subs was going to be you know the substitutions that we make throughout the game. We're going to make the yeah. we're going to perhaps make the impact. But um, as we went through the game, it, it sort of became evident, didn't it, that some of the players were actually struggling. Mm. We might have to make subs earlier than we wanted to. Yeah, it was. Uh... Not ideal, was it, with the subs? We were forced into so many subs, which is a nightmare. Well, there was one moment towards the end of the first half, which was a very turgid first half, I've got to say. I yeah. thought we weren't, technically, I think our passing wasn't particularly great. And O'Neill alluded to that, didn't he? That he yeah. said that we did okay, but it was, yeah, and in moments when we needed to make that right pass, the passing was off. And yeah, it's a good point to make because I think that we, um, yeah, it was that, that final decision making. And, and we, yeah, we're just giving the ball away stupidly. And one of the moments was um, had sort of Callum Wilson vibes. Do you remember when he scored that mm. one goal? And that was when uh, Dom Solanke cut out a misplaced past. And it was a bit of a direct run, really. But it's forced onto his left foot. And the shot at the end was fairly tame and fairly weak. But I just wonder, was that the shot that got Solanke injured? Because he seemed to sort of overstretch for it. Comfortable save for the keeper in the end. But moments later, he's lying on the ground. And we're thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh. I think it was that, wasn't it? I think, I think it, it was. It did look like it was that. He didn't look. As soon as he missed it, you can see the grimace on his face a little bit, and like he's worried he's done something. And it was shortly after, as you say, that he come off, and we'll have to see going forward how how long he is out. I believe he was in a boot and crutches at the end. He walked off the pitch though, which I always think is possibly a good I, sign. I've got that. That you always do. Yeah, don't but you, you don't know. And sometimes, no. a, yeah, adrenaline. Sometimes. 
<clears throat> you don't really know the damage of something until you sit down and really look at it. I don't want to jinx it or make it worse, but I always think of, do you remember Max Gradle against Leicester at home when we had that game where they all got injured? Mings yeah, got yeah, injured. Yeah, Mings, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gradle walked off the pitch and I'm going to think, oh, he ain't that bad then. He was out yeah. for the season. Um, yeah. It's not always a great indicator. I know what you're saying. I'd rather that than him being stretched off. Yeah. And But uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. But we know how pivotal he is. I, I yeah. d There's nothing against Colin Keefe more or other options. It just means... We have to completely change the way we play, in my opinion. No one can do what Don does. Um, and we, we saw that last season as well. So it's going to be a big miss. But hopefully it's not too long. And maybe having that World Cup break will actually be nice because it means that he can get back up if he is out for a little while. But yeah, that, it kind of felt like the whole game turned after that, didn't it? Yeah. Because he literally comes off the pitch as they have that corner, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. And was it, was it Bowen that fired in the corner? Uh, yeah. There was, a, there was a little bit of a... Well... Like, talk me through it from what you because we're so far back it's so difficult to see you saw it quite well mate because you were down obviously on the concourse but you can watch on your phones on the screens and stuff so you had a sort of clear view of exactly what happened uh, yeah I, I thought I was coming to watch football not volleyball uh, first of all no I, I, I saw it and then um, yeah you kind of and you see the replays and stuff and you know it's going to get checked and honestly that's the first time I've actually thought well, that ain't gonna count. I was like, I went, oh yes, that's not gonna count. No way. Yeah. We got away with that. We got to half time nil nil. Happy days. Uh, I I still cannot get my head around it. Um, yeah. Just honestly, I honestly don't understand it. The more I watch it, the more I get annoyed. People talk about phases of play, don't they? And oh, in that in the, uh, that deflection is not what led. It wasn't part of the same phase of play that led to the goal. But at the end of the day. Uh, I think the most confusing thing is the whole natural position thing, oh, which, which I think today I think I've narrowed it down in my head. Natural position means if you make yourself bigger, that's not a natural position. But if you make yourself smaller in any way, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Even if you put the ball there and punch it, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get a handball for that now. Yeah. I, I I can't understand either that or it's absolute just nonsense. But I, I would expect every day of the week that would be a handball against us if one of our players. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm just watching it again now. And so you've got Bowen firing over the corner and then it's missed by a couple of defenders. But then, it hit, it, is that Kerra? Yeah, Kerra's the one that does the... Yeah, Kerra's... And so, like you say, Tom, is his arms are like that and it... You know, that is not a natural position, I would say. That's what that's what it way, takes. If that hits his midriff or his lower... That ball with gravity would just fall to the floor. Yeah, and like Tiggs was saying, it's this natural position thing is a load of crap. Because, yeah, it's not that. Because there's no way you walk around a football pitch with your, your arms at your chest like that. There's no way a natural position. Um, and the phase of play thing, basically what they're saying then is when he volleyballs it, Chris Meppham should head the ball in his own goal. Because if he heads the ball in his own goal, they're saying it'll be disallowed then. Or... Yeah. So because Chris, Meppham, because Chris Meppham has done his job... We've been punished. Or we just don't do anything. But what, and so, so, but, you know, we've always been told play to the whistle. So you, you expected it in that split second for, because there were a number of players that actually claimed for it at the time. And I noticed on a couple of interviews mm -hmm. online, I think Mark Housey on one of them said that no one claimed. That's not true. No, Adam Smith did. Neto yeah. did Out, if you were outside the box, you had a view of it. Yeah. So you claimed. Mm -hmm. If you were inside the box, you're following the path of the ball. Yeah. You don't ever look, you know, to see how it hits him. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, yeah, it's crazy. And, and the, the um, actual kind of reasoning for the goal being given makes it even more crazy because, as I say, it's basically saying that because it's a different phase of play, it counts. So, because it's a handball, but it doesn't matter because it's a different phase of play. So, if Chris Meppham ducks or heads the ball in his own goal, then it's a foul. Then we get a free kick. So, but because we clear the ball and do our job... It's handball. So, mental. it is definitively handball because they're saying that if nothing... If it goes straight in... Yeah. 
it would be ruled out. Yeah. So if that so wait a minute. So handball by by its very definition is is a a type of foul, isn't it? Mm. Right. So if he drags him down to the floor there, Mm. right, in order to gain an advantage. Does does that and and then it goes out again? Does that not count either okay. as a foul? Would that not be pulled back? This is the thing that like the hand the handball rule is just so confusing in that there seems to be all these little nuances around it. It doesn't help. I mean, we're, I know we're all touching our fingers later on about how we feel about how things have been going generally. It doesn't help that one referee will say one thing yeah. and another referee will say another thing. I think fans just want the decisions to be consistent, and if it's handball, yeah. it needs to be consistent because. I've said this before, I sound like a stuck record. With this whole subjective view of it, one referee can say one thing and one referee can say another with exactly the same incident. Yeah. We, we yeah. just want the handball rule to be, you know, one like you know, your de facto side. rule. Like, yeah, like Offsides can be frustrating when you're a toe offside because you think, oh God, that wouldn't have been if we didn't have VAR. But, Unlucky. but there's a line, he's offside. That, yeah. that it's too subjective. You can't do anything about it. As you say, it's going to be different referees and all they're doing is going to another referee in Stockley Park. So so what they're saying was uh, VAR is they, you know, they check to see if it's a clear and obvious error. I think that was clear and obviously an error. Of course it is. I mean, it's honestly, it's the worst. Oh, it's just unbelievable. And yeah, as I say, and like you were saying about the, the foul figure, if someone gets pulled down. So really, if we think, if you're a defender now and you think their attacker has handballed it from a corner, rugby tackle him to the floor. Because you rugby tackle to yeah. the floor, they'll give a penalty... And then they'll go, oh no, it can't be a penalty because he handballed it for a game. Yeah. But because it got cleared, we've been punished because we have cleared the ball. Um, crazy is probably the worst we've had. But as I say, with the consistency thing is, is crazy as well. We know that, I remember when we went to Newcastle when we got the handball given against us for Lerma. Mm. When you think it's harsh, but okay, if that's the rule, that's the rule. Yeah. And we, we drop two points. Then the next game we play Brentford, same thing happens to their player, not handball. So I don't understand it. It's got to be the same. It's, it's mad. You you look at the ex-refs and, you know, for once in the media, the ex-refs are all in agreement. I think they probably come together and realise, we you know, we can't keep disagreeing here because this 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 does not look good. Dermot Gallagher said that uh, the only way that you could disallow it was if it was a deliberate handball. It went to Mike Dean's VAR. He had a look. He said it hit him, i.e. carer, but he thought it was accidental and therefore the referee cannot disallow the goal. That's why it defaulted to the third option. Even Mark Halsey as well said that as per law 12, handling the ball because he was not the scorer and his action was not deliberate, therefore it was given. Yet you've got media pundits, you've got ex-players who are saying, of course it's handball. We've, We've got these officials that have barely kicked a ball in their lives. And you can tell that when, at some point, when the ball's out of play, they have to kick a ball to the player. They can't even pass properly. They've never played the game, dictating what the law of the game is. And ex-players are saying, well, that's not the case. So Our, our sport is being changed. So, OK, I'm, I'm going to try and play devil's advocate here. So the only argument then I can see is what I said to, say to Tom earlier, is that I think if you're trying to make yourself, not trying to make yourself bigger... And your hands hit the ball, or your arm hits the ball. Then basically they're saying, "Well, you have not. That is not an unnatural body position. That is not a deliberate attempt to handball." Whereas if you accidentally put your arm up in play and you hit, and then they're going to say, "Well, that could have been deliberate." But because he's pulling his arms in to his body, I think that's why they're saying that was accidental. If his arms were out wide and it hit him, they would have gone that was deliberate. Which is which is annoying because that's then the whole natural 
position is an absolute load of nonsense well, because is, when you're running, with the, your arms are out wide. When you slide, your arms go up in the air. And when you're jumping, you're looking to yeah, game uh, propel, propel yourself up. up. So you can't help it. And this is the same with the Jordan Zamora pen. Uh, to, you know, you cannot slide like no. a salmon. Like with your, you don't do that. You do it for balance. So that is actually a natural position. There needs to be a blanket rule. Um, I almost think you might as well just go for ball with your hands, foul. Because just, just make it obvious. Like if, if that means strikers are going to start kicking the ball at people's hands, and so be it. But it's just mental at the moment. And how can you, for what? And you can't decide if they've deliberately handballed it or not. That's also, you know, you don't know, for example. So it's different. That makes it already makes it subjective and difficult. But you can't tell me that Lloyd Kelly at Nottingham Forest deliberately handballed it. You know, and we had that again. They're saying that that wasn't deliberate because he didn't. He had his eyes closed, didn't mean. But Lloyd Kelly at Nottingham Forest away got a ball half volleyed at him from two yards, and it got given as our ball. His hands, they weren't out wide. They were in front of him. Yeah. yeah. And whilst you could consider that an unnatural position, it doesn't make the body bigger from where the ball lands. Does it? Like, no. and, and, what's the difference? And the thing that I've also heard it really annoys me, and just kind of building on what you just said, like where someone's looking. They're talking. Well, they were talking about his eyes being closed. What ridiculous! Closed. What are they doing? Are they are they screenshotting? Are they freeze framing it when he blinks? Just if they put a cross in, stick your arm out and go. Yeah, that's the fine. thing. You'll be fine. Yeah, elbow someone, but close your eyes. I, I, it's absolute chaos, and I, you know, we never want to be like this. We're certainly not. Um, we're certainly not a, a a channel that ever kind of. Um, as that kind of ranty kind of stuff. We're, we're not like, I'm trying to be subjective. I've heard but... you sometimes, I know you do. <laughs> of course I do, but we always try and, um, you know, try, try our best. And I always think on these shows as well, it's always, we've reflected a little bit. Yeah. You're not kind of in the heat at the moment, but I am really struggling to kind of not feel that it's against us a lot, mm. that none of the decisions going our way. And it's literally, they go, I'm not really sure, so we'll give it to the bigger club. So we are going to struggle. I, I can't see how that's not the case. And, We've got Tottenham at the weekend. They were, uh, my first thought is they're going to get a penalty. When we're not going to get anything. Every time it goes to VAR, it's going to go to the other team. I, I always feel that. And and what do they? If if it was Man United, just putting a random big club up there, that that, that happened to, they would not. You'd not hear the end of it. The ref would be deducted to the Championship. It would be. You know what I mean? It'd be massive. It's Bournemouth. They'll go off oh, a few hundred people and moan for a bit, and then they'll forget. And we're we're just going to get punished for it. I said on the way back on the coach on our fateful journey back to Bournemouth that it almost needs to be like the voice and they cannot see which team's playing, which team. Of course, that's impossible. But yeah. if that was the case, this kind of whole thing with bias. And so, I mean, I, I don't think there's a conspiracy at all. However, obviously, when you experience it so many times, I think there are threads going around on Twitter where it's like it's mental, nine right? or ten different incidents. But the fact is we're... We aren't making much noise about it, and we are an easier team to upset. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I don't think there's a, a conspiracy either. I can understand why people would start to think it, if you wanted to think it, you, the, the, you know, the narrative's there. Small club, uh, bias but unconscious, you know, bias, that kind of thing. But I think that the, the thing that we've suffered from is the inconsistencies in the referees that have come to us. I don't think they're bad referees. Let's be honest, right? You don't get to be a Premier League referee if you're a bad referee. But if you've got a different interpretation to the rules, to the next guy, to the next guy, to the next guy, that's what's frustrating. Yeah, and we just seem to be having the, the, you know, the one that takes either the negative or positive spin yeah. depending on what benefits and doesn't. I don't think there's a conspiracy. I just think there's a natural 
thought process in the heat of the moment in a game from the officials at VAR, the officials on the pitch, that when they're not sure, they're always going to slightly sway to the to the bigger club. I, I just think that's always happened. That happened before VAR. Um, it, that always happens, and that's natural. It's it's natural. If you're not sure what to do, you're going to upset the least people. It's quite apt. Just think this. It's quite apt that we went to a pub called Hole in the Wall before we got there. Do you remember that? Uh quiz show with Dale Winton called Hulk. Yeah, well you have to get your body well, shapes. That's, a, that's, a, that's <laughs> what you need. You almost need some kind of silhouettes yeah. of different body shapes. <laughs> and like if his like if his body can fit through this gap, then it is a pen, then it is a pen. <laughs> that's what you need. Let's make it into a, more entertainment than what it is, but struggled. And we struggled and Gary O'Neill was very upset. Got booked in it after I didn't realise that. And there was a Sky yeah, Sports unabridged version where he he, he, he curses at the ref, and uh, the ref, uh, after Gary O'Neill turns around, then chucks up a yellow card. <laughs> so whether Gary O'Neill was actually aware of it. Obviously, there was um, a lot of frustration here. And obviously, with Kiefer Moore coming on for Dom Solanke, we, we were anticipating a difficult second half. Also, we've got to say that Travers came on as well for, for Neto, who went off as well. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that... That sort of doesn't bode well for the future, actually, thinking about it, does it? It, it doesn't, because um, you said yeah. this earlier, Tom, uh, we haven't got another goalkeeper. Will Dennis want registered? Uh, I'd be interested in what people would say. I haven't really seen a lot of it. I thought it would be more talked about. But if Neto's out, Will Dennis was not registered in the squad and he's oh, over God. 21. So that would mean we'd have to get an academy goalkeeper on the bench, I guess. Um, obviously, we're waiting here how Neto is. It might not be that yeah. serious. Um, and we obviously, I, I wonder if, if you've got a niggle to Neto... In during a game, you don't take any chances because you know you've got a capable keeper on the yeah, bench. Yeah. So maybe it was just a precaution, mm, precautionary thing. Um, but yeah, the thing that kind of worries me a little bit about that is that in the in the last few games and kind of the build up, uh, Neto had been doing a thing where he looked yes. like he was injured and he and the, and the physio would run down and let Note would come on. I'm actually starting to get a little bit worried that actually maybe there is a little niggle that Neto's been having since he started playing for us, and and he's just. Yeah, potentially, because yeah, you don't take him off. He hasn't had nothing happen, and, and he, pro- he probably made the, in that first half a couple of saves that he hadn't had loads to do since mm. he's been in in the sticks. So yeah, he was actually having quite a decent game as well. Yeah. But not worried about Travers playing. It's just more the whole picture, and you want your both goalkeepers fit, yeah. don't you? He did. He did make a couple of good saves. Mm. Now, in terms of second half, West Ham fans in the comments on the vlog said, "Oh, you conveniently forgot Lerma's challenge." Well, you know what? Didn't even see it. But on fifty-three minutes, he makes a strong. Challenge on Skamaka, and he received a yellow for it. And is it right that if you do receive a yellow from a red, it it, it cannot be checked to be upgraded? Or uh, to I believe there's something like that. If if he had missed it, they could have looked, and then he could have got a red. Okay. But because he saw the incident, they He's don't already, get involved. Yeah. And but that did look like a red. Oh, absolutely red. Maybe so we're not airbrushing want... that. Okay. No, I do, but I think he had his eyes closed, so it's fine. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that was a red card, and that just shows. <laughs> VR's not fit for purpose, is it? I mean, it's not. But um, yeah, we had a few. There was a we've had another one in a in a previous game where we probably got away with it in terms of a yellow instead of a red. Obviously, unfortunately for us, all these decisions that gone against us have been game changing. We're not obviously that one wasn't. I think it was only the Forest one that didn't actually end up mattering because yeah. we came back and won the game. I, but I seem to recall a match against Watford away mm. where one of our players made a horrific challenge, like early doors in the first ten minutes of a game against Watford. I don't 
I think it's one where we drew two all. It was live on Sky. Yeah, I remember the game. And I remember some awful challenge and Watford fans were like, oh my God, how on earth are oh, they really? getting? But then, you know, you look at the one on Union A. Kane at Dean yes. Court back and so equals equals. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, look, let's get back to this game. Mm. Formation change. Anthony and Jay-Z on for Christie and Tavernier. And Anthony was a player that we were crying out for against Saints. Yeah. He sort of went a bit rogue the knee with some of his decisions in that game but this one was one that I think had a positive effect and from that moment forward Bournemouth looked the more likely side to equalise well to score next we definitely look more positive yeah. definitely look more positive mm-hmm. and to have those two back made us feel more positive I think as well in the stands you know it's still 1-0 isn't it? and we still were very much had a very good chance of getting back in the game we just needed a moment to lift us yeah. uh and I, and I wasn't, and I was sort of looking at Keith Moore, and I was thinking, do you know what? He, he's doing all right here. He, you know, he, as long as we change this up, we start because sometimes we put a lot of crosses in the box, and there's no one there for him, and we've been calling out for someone to be there for him. So I, I was thinking, you know, come on, this is it now. We've got someone who's going to be progressive with the ball. Anthony's going to make some crosses. If he doesn't, he's going to pull out to Zamora. Zamora's going to get some, and we're going to get that left side going again, like we used to. Yeah. Uh, and we've got Keith Moore ready to put it in the back of the net. And we finally started when them two come on. It gave us natural width. I looked yeah. at the. Um, kind of the average positions and stuff. Um, and on that, the, before the subs come on, it is the most narrow thing you've ever seen in your life. Mm. It's okay. just... It's on the screen now. Yeah, it's so narrow until the subs come on. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the subs come on, we got a little bit of width. But um, yeah, it was it was the right... I, I'm not someone that thinks they have to start. You know, it's, it's, it's quite easy, you know, you lose a game and everyone goes, well, you should be playing somewhere around Anthony. Like, I'm not that, but I think... God use them. That was the disappointing thing against Southampton yeah. because even if you feel you want to play a certain way and, and potentially they're not in that, and let's be, let's be honest, before the Southampton game, Fredericks and Smith done really well against Leicester. So, you know, you didn't need to change it. So it's easy in hindsight, but you've got to use them if they're there because they can, they can, they're, they're proper impact players and they're players that are very young, raw, brave. They're yeah. great to bring on. So, and that, that proved it. And that was the only time in the game where I thought, like Tig said, oh, hang on, we've got a big man in the box. We've got a bit of width now. Yeah. Um, you know, Christie, who come off, had, had one of them games that he really poor, I felt. And it, it changed things. And we did start without testing the keeper. Yeah, that's the sort of thing. We didn't, we didn't have any corners. No. We were struggling to... Yeah, that is the frustrating thing, is that we're... When we're having... It was very reminiscent of the Southampton one, when we're kind of getting a bit of control, but we're not carving anything open. I remember Lerma header. Yeah. I remember Anthony looped header. I think the uh, Lerma header actually went down as a free kick, which oh, was yeah, laughable. But other than that, I'm struggling to remember any chances. No. But they, they weren't even... The ball was coming straight back, wasn't it? It was just us and us and us. And you just thought... You, when the game's like that and it's 1-0, you think all we need is a little half chance here. Yeah. Um, and we can maybe scrap something in, obviously. Didn't end up being the case. Yeah, and as it was, as the game was petering out, the uh, fans were leaving the London Stadium. Weren't many people in there. Um, and then, was it four hours on the right-hand flank... Uh, being shadowed by Jordan Zamora and he puts across that ball and he obviously slides to cut out the cross and I I don't know I don't know what you're meant to do if you're a defender I do not know at first I thought is it actually a penalty is it not just on the outside of the box but it looks mm. like it might have been on the line at least anyway but Jay Z sliding and look by I think this one is kind of less of a doubt uh, because there are some other ones, other decisions in other games that have gone with that decision as well. Yeah. Therefore, I can I can probably agree with it. But this is where this whole unnatural, natural positions of the arms debate is... It's, it's redundant it's language. It doesn't it mean anything anymore. That, if any one of us, anybody watching, slid for a ball, that's where your arms are going to go, right? And, and then you can go, well, it was deliberate. No, it's not. 
natural position. And so that language, that natural position, that deliberate, not deliberate language is absolute nonsense. Take it out of the discussion. Yeah. Take no, it out, out of the discussion. You don't need either of those things. Just tell us. If it hits you on the hand, is, is it, a, you know, what is it? Tell, tell me, where do my arms need to yeah, be yeah. whenever I'm playing football? Yeah. Just tell me. And then as long as it's consistent, it's the same for every game. I'd, I'd love the, you know, when they say about Zamora's, um, you know, because of his, you know, they're in an unnatural position, was what was said. Mm. I would love someone to just go, well, where do you expect his arms to be when he's sliding them? Yeah. I, I do not understand. Why are we making it a science? Why are we making it a, it's a bloody football match? And at the same sport, use your bloody head. So just use your common sense. It's absolutely crazy. We're just making rules up as we go along. It doesn't make any sense to me. I had no doubt it was going to be a penalty because that's the way it's been going at us at the moment. And that, that, that's the most frustrating thing, like we keep saying, is we've had balls go in the box. I can think of Brentford straight away in that North Stand. That I don't think that's a penalty. But, well, if Samora's is a penalty and Lerma's is a penalty and Kelly's is a penalty, then it is a penalty. Yeah, exactly. But we've got none of them and they've all gone against us. So it just makes no sense. The wording that was used when uh, VAR came out, I remember Alan Shearer did this some kind of like one minute VT that was uh, on, a, on social media. And the wording was... Uh, VAR is going to help to get more decisions correct. It doesn't, it doesn't feel that way. And I actually feel that there are more injustices now than there ever were. Because you're going to be more annoyed because there's technology there that's cocking it up as well. So I think it's, yeah, but yeah. I can put it down to one man's error. That's fine. Yeah, I know what you mean. I can mean. put it down to that. But when you've got a panel of however many are looking at the same game mm. and a fourth official as well and all that kind of stuff, and, and then when the referee has chance to even view it himself again... I'm really, really struggling with it. Yeah. Why do we bother getting a referee to travel and being on the pitch? Well, exactly. That's the point. And also, just sometimes, like at Burnley away, that horrible 3 0 match that when I can't even remember the order of what things happened. The only time that's happened in the Premier League, by the way, it, against us. Who is it who ambled at Adam Smith, apparently, before Harry Wilson went and scored the other end? Yeah. Which, which itself would have been bizarre because had we missed up the other end, it would have been ordered a penalty, which is absolutely crazy. Um, but in that, right, no one claimed, no Burnley players did, no. the Burnley fans didn't shout, no. and these guys 200 miles away in a little booth with like limited audio, they, they just haven't got the context of the game, and they're finding things. But then, but, but then I would say in, in response to that, you, you could then say, okay, well, let's go back to our point earlier in that, Really, they need to be detached from the atmosphere. They need to be detached from the game in order to make a more clinical decision on what's going on. Otherwise, they could be... Influenced by the crowd? Yeah, it's got to be a, there's got to be a happy medium in that sense, aren't there? Definitely. Or, you know, turn the volume on 50% then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, that, that, that's the mad thing. We can go all the way back to that Burnley game. And, and it was against it, what, it was against us again. It's, it's so so frustrating. And they even said at the start of this season or the start of the previous season that we've improved VAR and these are the improvements that we've made. And we're, we're complaining more now as a result. Do you know what I want to see? I want to see a document produced at the end of end of the season, halfway through the season, last season. I, maybe there's one out there and I don't know about it that talks, you know, sort of runs through each VAR decision and decides afterwards yeah. was that the right decision or not? Because no one ever comes out. No one ever comes out and goes. Ooh, whoops, did that wrong, didn't I? No one does that. Why did, why did that first one at the end of the first half, you were down so you might not have heard it, the stadium announcer yeah. said, no, uh, handball, no goal. What? Because he was what? watching the game, wasn't he? Yeah, he probably thought there's no point <laughs> in waiting, this is obvious. But why, why, why? You know, sure, I don't know how it works. Mike Botto might, might come on at some point and be able to explain 
what he hears, what he hears, or where he gets his information make, from. Yeah, what, where he, I'm sure he's not party to the conversations that obviously they're having, but at some point that information has to be communicated to the people at Dean Court who are operating the scoreboard that tell him like Botto what to say. But how is it? it it reminds me of Eurovision once. Do you remember like Song for Europe when Terry Wogan and Fern Cotton were standing next to each other and they were announcing the Song for Europe and they said, and the winner is, they both said different things. Yeah. So one of them said Stooshy. Do you remember that? Or something like that. Stoosh, Stoosh. And Stoosh. And, and then one of them said something else and they were like, oh no, it's, it's almost like there was two different messages yeah, and yeah. he just, he, he said the wrong one, which I found absolutely bizarre. But uh, you know, obviously it was given. What? Oh, it's so frustrating. No, it's, it's, so frustrating. it's just crazy, isn't it? I just, yeah. Yeah, I really can't get my head around it. It's really, really frustrating to see. And, and I, I t- I'll tell you what, another, while we're talking about VAR, the fact that my mates didn't go to the game that are watching on the telly know more what's going on than the match-going fan yeah. is absolutely outrageous. You can, you know what's going We don't have a clue. Well, You're in the stadium, you don't know what's going on. Do you, I mean, obviously in rugby... Mm. Fans can, for certain games, fans can purchase headsets. I don't think we should be going to that level of football fans wanting to do that. But it would be handy, not not maybe at the time and maybe not on TV live, but afterwards, just just maybe getting a video out of each decision or or, or maybe just making an example of it. Do you remember Jared Gillett? I know that, oh, yeah. I, I think he's involved in the Spurs match, by the way, our next game. Um, and we've had our issues with him. But they did that whole mic'd up thing when he was yeah. refereeing in the yeah, A-League and... You know, a lot of football fans are like, you know, this is really good. And this helps to alleviate the some of the, uh, you know, horribleness that's directed at them. Because, you, know, you know, there's a lot of wrath that is directed at referees. And once every so often, it would just be nice to overhear mm. the way they explain their decisions. Because in rugby, it works really well because they're talking through it. Yeah. Whereas here, it's just you don't really know what's happening. It would just be nice to hear some kind of logical explanation sometimes. And... Unfortunately, we're just now sat here complaining about it, and we don't know why they, you know, why they came to the decisions they came to. No, I know. I just wanted to make a point as well on Gary O'Neill and the VAR thing. So, whatever your opinion is on whether Gary O'Neill should get the job, whether we should we should get someone else in now, whether we should get even to the World Cup, he's gone home thinking I might have lost a chance in management because of VAR, because of officials, because of injustice. And there's technology to help him. And it's still got him. He must be thinking, you are joking me. I mean, we don't know what happens, but he might be thinking it's, you know, his perspective might be, if I just keep getting results, mm. I could have a chance be my first managerial job. And that could have cost him that. And then referees and the people at Stockley Park will collect their money and not give it a second thought. And that annoys me. That really annoys me. Do you think we should start having ex-footballers taking refereeing courses? And actually, like maybe doing the job rather than non-footballers. I think, I think, I think you're right in what you said earlier. I, I think they tried to do that before, and nobody really wanted to do it. That's the problem. Who's going to want to do that? Um, but I think the, the because tr- they know how much shit they gave yeah. them. It's, it, I think culturally, it's a massive shift. But the idea that everything was be more open and a more open conversation that there is a an opportunity. Maybe we have a you, your point one referee, you know, like a very sort of experienced person to just each week look through the decisions and then feedback and it not have to be about the person who made the decisions that day because at the end of the day everyone makes mistakes of footballers make mistakes on the pitch 
Referees are going to make mistakes on the pitch. It's a, it's a tricky game to follow at the best of times. And they're not, they're not given the, the vantage point that we are, elevated up above the pitch, be able to see all these things. Plus, they're not, they're not allowed to have a bias. We, you know. so I think you mentioned it earlier that it's easier to accept as a fan and probably as Gary Neal as a manager and as a player if one man makes a, an error. Yeah. Not when it goes somewhere else and they get to look at it and they get to look at it and they get to look at it and it's still wrong. That's just mad. But they are getting feedback every so often though. Gary Neal alluded to that in his interview. Yeah. He said they had feedback from Mitch. the Lerma Mitrovic incident saying Jeff wasn't looking at the ball so he was susceptible. Yeah. And then they had arms over Tenesi, didn't they? And yeah. that was fine. So yeah, that's, that's what Gary Neal alluded to, didn't he? Had done them. It's the consistency that he was told something that ended up you know, being going against us and the same thing happens and it was fine. I mean, look, we, were, we weren't particularly great and I oh, think right. West Ham probably, I don't think it was a 2 0 but they probably shaded it. If you're going to pick a winner, Maybe. it would probably be West Ham, you know, I think a draws... And let's a put sixty percent West Ham win forty percent maybe I maybe let's let's put it into context as well. We probably don't control the second half if it's nil nil because they no no probably, no because they come forward yeah. yeah. So it's it's hard to say. I think yeah. it was you know it was just a dull game that they maybe could have nicked, but yeah, it, it certainly shouldn't have been a, a comfortable two 0 They didn't have many chances. Did they? And also, it's quite worrying that we're currently averaging the lowest shots on goal per game of any Premier League team mm. in the last ten years. Oh really? I didn't know that that much. You see that that doesn't sort overly surprise. No, I was just about to say the same thing. I've been thinking about this, and I think you know, I think you know we talk about Gary O'Neill, and we we all believe that Gary O'Neill's job is to steady the ship. So when I think about his team selection, he sticks with the same team. Yeah. He probably puts our most experienced eleven out, not our most explosive. Yeah. You know, his job is really to try and you know let's nil nil this and see if we can nab something. He's not going to come forward and, and, and try and attack. We're not going to get lots of shots off. We're going to keep the ball, or try to. And when we're off our game, we're going to get punished. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he can do anything different. No, I agree. And, and listen, if we end up getting what we probably expect to happen, which is probably Gary Neal takes us to the World Cup and then maybe we appoint someone yeah. um, externally, you will say that Gary Neal come in after a 9-0 defeat, and I'm gar- I virtually guarantee you he was told probably quote, quoted was probably told steady the ship yeah. we've just lost 9-0 get a feel good atmosphere around the place a little bit more and get us as far as you can and then we'll look at it at the World Cup for example yeah he's done that to a T yeah. he's got how he's got that group off the floor after losing 9-0 yeah. is, um, amazing, was impressive when six games unbeaten has it been unbelievable to watch? No. But what do, you, what do you kind of expect him to do? I reckon he's been told to just make, make, make everything steady. If we were to get a manager in and then stay up and do well, I think we'll go back and go, we could have been on the floor and out of it yeah. when, when he took charge. Yeah. We had just lost 9-0. We were getting absolutely murdered. And Gary Neal come in, calmed everything down. Then we got the appointment in and we went to the next level and he'll get credit for that. Um, but yeah, in, in isolation, it's difficult to watch sometimes because you know, we've already mentioned in this video, Anthony's and we're players coming on being a bit more expressive. But you can see what he's done. I even with the Travers thing, he, he brought in Neto because he went, he's more experienced. Frederick's come straight in, he's more experienced. You can see what he's doing, definitely. But um, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's very short term, but then he's probably being told it's short term. Yeah. What, what, what more do you want him to do, to be honest with you? That's a real tough one to take. There were no fan cams for this one because 
you know what we needed to get back for our mega bus but if you want to catch the vlog you'll you'll see some post-match opinion on there it's youtube.com forward slash afcb podcast so another defeat to a team outside the top six next time we're entertaining a team from the top six it's spurs it's saturday it's 3 p.m and we are going to be hitting your podcast inbox on monday hopefully it'll be all smiles but at the moment that's not quite the case but you always know that we can throw up a surprise every now and then until then thanks for listening to back of the net the afc bournemouth podcast Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.